Hello everyone. Welcome to Switchcraft the Fingerboard Podcast. My name is Jana and this time I have a guest from the UK. Uh, everyone say hello to Tom. Hi Jana. Hey. Um yeah, let's uh let's jump right in. Uh you've been fingerboarding for quite a while and you've been part of the fingerboard scene for quite a while. Do you roughly know when you got into fingerboarding and when you realized that there was something like a scene and that you could actually do tricks with a fingerboard? Because it's usually two different things for a lot of people who've been around as long as you and I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I got my first fingerboard um, on a family holiday trip to Florida. Um, it was like one of the McDonald's Happy Meal sets. Um, mm. fingerboard branded fingerboard I was looking it up this weekend and the logo for it is like an L for loser like a little hand <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was um, back in the year 2000 and then oh. I got my first tech deck in about 2004 for my birthday um, and then I discovered the scene a little after that, uh, I think the next year in 2005. So, yeah, that's when I started doing like, proper skateboard tricks, yeah. I suppose. That, that's quite early, especially for someone not from Germany, because uh, I feel in Germany it really got going between 2001 and 2004. And around 2004, the scene was pretty much established. But at that point, I can't really remember that many people from other countries like there were some from neighboring countries and uh, and absolutely from other german-speaking countries but to have people like you across the pond that's something i don't remember quite many people were around back then no i mean i can't really remember um well actually i take that completely back because there was definitely uk people before me um, mm -hmm. People like Simon Cartledge of Cartwheels, like he has he been has he been around that long? Yeah. I know he's been around long. Oh, yeah, crazy. yeah, he's he's been around for quite a while. I mean, I was on the forums for about around about two thousand and five, and he was already well established there. Um, oh, crazy! But it, I'd have to mention people like Martin Illsley and Tina Wade, and um, so they ran um, the FFI forum too. Uh, they were both from the UK. And then people like David Feeks, unfortunately, I think he's stopped now. Um, but yeah, in terms of UK people before me, those are the people that do stand out. Yeah, because back then, uh, it really, like, I really missed the international scene completely back then because I wasn't using, like, I, I don't think I was even aware of uh, FFI. And I'm not sure why that is, because I think my English was already at a level where I could communicate online back then. Yeah. But I don't think I ever heard of FFI back then. And I was really, uh, really into all the German forums. Like whenever there was a German forum, I was in it. Like I was one of the one of the ones who always was in the forum. Yeah. I, I guess I, how I found FFI was through the Tech Deck forums. Um, so mm. like you'd see on the back of the pack, join the message board or whatever. Mm. And I can't remember if like somebody recommended FFI to me or 
there was like a section that had different fingerboard companies. I think it was called Sites That Grind or something. And FFI was one, Fingerboard DE was another. Um, so naturally, you go to your native speaking mm-hmm. country. So yeah, that's how I ended up there. Ah, cool. And uh, have you met other people back then from the FFI forum, or were you, was was it just like an online thing for you for quite a few years? Um, I met up with um, a guy called Ben uh, Ben Crompton. So that was about two thousand six, I think. Um, but because the UK scene was really, really small, we were all spread mm-hmm. out around the country. So it naturally became more of an online thing for us. Mm. I mean, even even in Germany, like it was still spread out. Like you had like a couple cities where there were like multiple people there, or in some cases even a scene. Like Munich was definitely uh, one of those places. Yeah. Castle, but Castle was basically just a Castle Oz crew, okay. and they were just a couple of friends who started at the same time. And Hamburg always had people, and Berlin, of course, as well, because those are like bigger cities in Germany anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like where I'm from, there wasn't anyone around for like a couple hours by car, and I didn't have a car back then because I was like 13. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, a lot of online talking to people for me as well back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, naturally, you do get those sort of hubs of places. I mean, now the scene in the UK, there's a big hub in London. Um, mm. There's more of a hub now in Manchester. Um, oh, cool. And they, they do seem to be this sort of, these clusters of places. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, I guess it's a natural progression, isn't it? You get people spread out and then people coming together. Yeah, especially in the bigger cities, you eventually get people uh, who are into fingerboarding, like just by the sheer number of people living in those places. Yeah. Yeah. And you also been not only part of the UK scene for a while, but um, in my head, I always associated you with... Uh, with the Portugal people even more than I did with the UK people. And for a while, I wasn't even sure if you were uh, from Portugal living in the UK or just from the UK. And yeah. So yeah, tell us a bit about uh, how you met up with all the Porto people and yeah, how, how you got, uh, how you got to know them. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's it was a little bit of a running joke that actually like over in uh, a few uk guys like i I had the the full portugal set up at one point um like yellow white truck canoe wheels um and yeah i i guess that's again through the forums ffi and things because i back then it'd be very much a direct line between you and the company owner it was so, so mm. personal. Um, and at that time, I, I started um, talking to Ricardo with Oak Wheels. Um, and, well, he just released his first set. And I bought them instantly. I thought, yeah, that, that's the way forward to fingerboarding. Like, urethane wheels. That's like, it's real. It's a real skateboard all of a sudden. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I was loving those keeping in touch with Ricardo and he eventually invited me on to the Oak Wheels team. 
Um, and then because it, he was friendly with Philippe of Yellowwood, um, I ended up chatting to those. Um, and yeah, he's a. Uh, I, I guess I just got friendly with a lot of people over in the Portuguese scene, like at events and things like that, um, like Battle of the Harricks and Fast Fingers in particular. Um, the Portuguese lot seemed to really take me under their wing. Um, I, it's just nice to have a group of people in an area of Germany that I wasn't aware of. So, yeah, I just ended up being becoming part of their family, I suppose. Yeah, that's really cool. I can imagine that when you're for the first time at a place like Fast Fingers or Battle at the Herricks or Aussie Berlin Contest or those those kind of big events, that it's tough to actually get talking with people unless you already know people from online because there's so many people there and people like me, like me who have been in the scene for ages and know people from all over the world get to see those people at those events and it usually ends with us hanging out at those events and it's like really tough for someone else to crop into those circles and uh yeah get get talking with people yeah unless you already established something online and yeah exactly that's what the forums were good for because what i cherish the most is like the off-topic section Like mm -hmm. you'd get to know people's personalities and what they were into. Yeah. So like naturally you find, oh, somebody's into photography, let's say. Okay, so when I'm at an event, I'll talk to them about photography, what are they up to and things. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it was just a really, really good community like that. Yeah. Like even when I wasn't fingerboarding, uh I like every time I heard like different things, I would think of people from the forums and was like oh yeah Fabi used to do something like that or I wonder what he's up to now and yeah those like uh like weird connections that you just get from yeah have chilling out in the forum for the better part of the day yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I used to do yeah. like, as I was coming back from school I'm straight away yeah. I'd be logging onto my computer and just seeing what everybody was up to Yeah, same. I spent most of my time in the off-topic section, come to think. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really interested in the fingerboarding. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, my, uh, like back then, I didn't have a computer on my own. We had, like, a, a family computer. And it was uh, on, the, on the same floor where our terrace that leads into the backyard was. And back then, I would always set up my uh, fingerboard park in the backyard. Because I uh, built like a bunch of obstacles and I tried to uh, mimic a G3 Black River Park and build stuff on my own. And I would always set it up in the backyard, go through the door, check the forums and go out and have a session again. And uh, th that was like, yeah, and that, that was what I used to do like all the time. <laughs> That's, <funny. laughs> That's really good. Yeah. I also know that uh, over the years you got uh, involved with Black River and yeah, just wanted to ask you how that whole thing started and yeah, how you ended up meeting them and yeah. Yeah, uh, well, back in 2007 I ordered a big mini so I had to email them for a shipping quote and Denise ended up uh, replying to my email 
um, you know, give me the, the quote, just have a little bit of a chat. And yeah, so a few years later in 2011, because I already knew quite a few people in in the Portuguese scene, you get invited to the Steig and, and Martin's house after Fast Fingers. Um, Denise was there and I was talking to her and she remembered like giving me the shipping quote for the big mini all those years later, which was fun. How many years later was that? Do you roughly remember? It, it would have been four or five. Yeah, yeah, four four years. So 2000 and then 2011 was uh, Fast Fingers. Um, so, yeah, I I was already chatting to them quite a bit. And then the next year, they came to London for a trade show. Um, it was the Ledge Skate Trade Show. So, you know, you get big brands there and things like that. And Black River had their own booth. So they had the park and a few things to talk to skate brands with, or skate shops, whatever. Um, so part of the team there was Martin, um, Ollie Blankenborg, and Elise was there too. Um, so they were there for three days, I think. Um, so with them, they invited a few of the UK scene too. So myself, Eddie Sharples, uh, Kerry Williams and Sam Jamil was there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got got quite drunk a few days. <laughs> and, yeah, just naturally made friendships with them. It was good. Yeah. Really fun little day. Fun weekend. I miss going to events. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, and uh, so now... Black River and Oaks, uh, Oak are your sponsors, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, with Black River, uh, have you also done things for Black River, or am I misremembering uh, mis something there? Um, other than the trade show stuff, um, no, I've not. I've not done anything really, other than the uh, Bolly graphics. Um, ah, I, I think that's that was uh, what I remembered. <laughs> right um well that's what eventually led me to being on the team um so uh, shall i explain about the polygraphics yeah yeah sure um so i mean last year i was out of work with covid you know a lot of people were um mm. but how the uk government did it they did what they call the furlough scheme and they pay up to 80 percent of your wages um, yeah, similar in Germany. Here it's, I think it's uh, 60%, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's good to still have an income in because, you know, you can still do what you want to do. I mean, I didn't want to like, sit on my ass and play Call of Duty for yeah. <laughs> six weeks or whatever. Um, so I decided, okay, I'm a designer, I might as well design things. Um, yeah, and I just approached Black River and... and Asked them if they wanted any work done, and cool. one of the projects that they they had was the uh, new series of Bolly graphics. Um, cool. So yeah, that, I mean, a few conversations led to another, and then Denise said, yes. "You're on the team," so <laughs> that was good. So you work as a graphic designer, or uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've been I've been working as a designer now full time for about five years. And, ah, cool. Yeah. That, that's pretty much the time that I haven't been. Like, I, I think I stopped uh, 
I mean, at this point, probably more like six years ago, but yeah, I studied graphic design and yeah, worked in the, in the design realm for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know why, what, well, why, yeah. Why did you, why did you end up stopping? Um, I didn't like the being creative when you have to thing. Yeah. And, and also the things I, maybe it was just getting the wrong job. Like maybe it was just the wrong agency where I started, but whatever they needed was exactly the opposite of what I was good at. Okay. So I uh, basically crashed and burned and, but they still uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, start working there as a developer. And ever since then I made the switch from designing websites to creating websites that other people designed. Well, and, that's great. Cause that's yeah. the thing about, uh, you know, studying graphic design, it can branch out into all. Sorts yeah. Of different and areas. I, I learned those skills in, in graphic design because uh, in like third semester we had to create our own websites and for me it was like the first time the third time i learned html and i was like okay this time i'm trying to make a point to actually learn it and <laughs> yeah i and i uh, set a goal to uh, create uh, like to code a new website each semester after that and i did that for like four semesters and yeah so i eventually learned how to code for that Oh, it sounds like you were naturally meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I miss uh, graphic design, but I was never into like the, like I was never good at creating graphics and stuff like that. Like the type of design uh, I was good at was the like structural design where you uh, uh, create like a whole line for stuff like museums or uh, corporate identities like the overarching things like not to make one cool thing more like take one cool thing someone else make and try to apply it to a hundred different cases and well, try to uh, to create a system that works with that yeah yeah well that's uh, that's what i do full time ah cool yeah i work in a branding agency um, ah cool so w when i do like single pieces like the body graphics you know that yeah. lasts like a bit of breath of fresh air i suppose like yeah, I can yeah. design something singly yeah for me it's always like i ah, know i i just give that to someone else like i'm <laughs> i'm currently in the uh in the works of uh getting my first uh signature graphic with five luck and i just had a friend do it like because yeah you know wouldn't what? Be, i've had wouldn't be great before like i've i've got a, an issue with me designing my own graphics because it you know i've I've had graphics before and I don't like doing my own. <laughs> something about it, I don't know, it just feels weird. Yeah, so some people I know are really adamant that uh, you need to create your own graphic. Uh, that way it's actually yours and it represents you. But I'm more along the lines with you where it's like, I, I'm, I much rather have someone else do it for me and work with them. And yeah, because it's like seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I don't mind coming up with the idea, um, but for the the crafting of it, I'd prefer to employ an illustrator or typographer, whoever. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's just me. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think I'm now going to uh, jump over to the rapid fire section. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, as I say every time, is anything but rapid. <laughs> so if you take uh, more time on one of those questions, I don't mind. Okay. So, yeah, uh, what's your favorite wheels? I think I can guess that one. Oh, definitely Hawks. <laughs> if, if I had to... Um... If I had to pick one, at the moment, it's the RV2V, which are the conical versions. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they just, yeah, there's just something about them. They're, they're just the right size for me. Yeah. They're not too, yeah, they're, they're not too big, but still big. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I ride a lot of transition, um, mm -hmm. and these just sort of are the right halfway house between street and transition, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, I used to ride them uh, for a while when I got back into fingerboarding because I started with uh, Winklers and they were way too slippery for me. So I then got Oaks and I rode Oaks for a good two years, I think. But nowadays, uh, they're a bit too grippy for me. Like now that I have been riding more slippery wheels, going back to Oaks feels super grippy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've always been into grippy wheels though. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, well, I've been riding Oaks for the past 10 years now. Um, yeah. But the the wheels I had before, these were like uh, Euros. Um, so yeah, I I recently uh, started talking talking to Joe Leclerc uh, again, who made Oil World. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had a few messages. back on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's always been proper, proper cool guy. Um, yeah, he has, yeah. I've always been into that grippiness. I don't know why. It's just it, it just feels right to me. Yeah, I mean, I I also like more grip. Like, maybe, like I I thought about getting uh, getting some oaks again, and every time I do, I end up trading them away for one reason or the other. But yeah, grippy wheels are good. Yeah, it's it's all a preference thing. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite deck and shape? Ooh, see, this is really difficult for me to answer because I, I haven't had a, a single deck that I used for the past um, four or five years. I, I tend to flip quite a lot, but right now I really like the um, Burnwood Low 32. Um, yeah, I, I, it's my favorite so far. Let's say, mm. say that. I mean, it's one of those shapes that always works. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It it just works. Yeah, I see it as well. Like, there's just the right amount of concave. Like it, it mm -hmm. quite deep by today's standards, but yeah, it's um, it just feels right on the fingers. There's something about and, it, and quite skinny by today's standards. What the thirty-two? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't use thirty-fours at all. Like it just—it's my limit. It just doesn't feel right for me. Well, yeah, for, for me, I can't really go back to thirty-two. Like <laughs> I always write thirty-three point three, and if that's not an option, it's thirty-four. Like, yeah, thirty-two is just too skinny for me nowadays. <laughs> Which is weird because uh, I, I think I'm the same as you. I've, you probably also started with 26 millimeter Bell and Woods. 
Uh, well, not Burlingwoods. Um, the, but yeah, that weirdest anyway. Do you remember what your first like non-plastic deck was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was made by a guy in Ireland called Ian Andrew. He had a company called Abset. Um, it was um, it had like two exclamation marks in red and black. Um, and yeah, it, I mean back then, basically people just pressed two tech decks together in a mold. <laughs> um, yes, I I also tried that once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never goes well, does it? Well, for everything, no. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I also had uh, like two soft of wood, but it was like one. Yeah, it wasn't writable at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first deck, and I think round about that time I got my first um, sheet of rip tape as well. I remember using it on that and thinking, "Wow, what is this? this is amazing!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I came back uh, into fingerboarding, like literally the the day I started going back, it started with me going to the uh, Black River store, back uh, what is now the Azzy Berlin shop. And uh, actually, uh, Martin Winkler was, uh, uh, Martin Enberger was uh, visiting. Now even I'm, I am mixing up my Martins. <laughs> <laughs> so Martin Enberger was visiting and uh, I was setting up a deck for the first time in like yeah 10 plus years and uh, they were like oh you you probably know how to do that because they seen my old boards and stuff and i was like yeah sure i can do that then they gave me a, a sheet and i was like uh, i don't know what to do with this uncut thing back in my day it was always <laughs> already stemmed to fit your board and the only thing you had to do was maybe cut uh, cut it like in the middle to extended like lengthwise and have a strip where your tail was and yeah yeah exactly i, I remember still using those up until about 2009 or so and um yeah. i had a berlin wood uh i mean you'd call it an old mold now um mm. sort of this y thing and i used the um because those pieces of rip tape were about 26 mil too i think um mm. yeah. i was using that on a a 30 mil Burlingwood. So there was two mil either side. It, yeah. I didn't like the Burlingwood because of the tape, <laughs> like, which sounds so weird. But um, obviously later I rectified that and it became an amazing, amazing deck. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, those are the kind of things people who started today never experienced and never will know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite trick on flat? Um, it'd be a 360 shiver. I'm with you on that one. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I got really well known for them at some point. Um, I did like a, like a, a tutorial on, on YouTube and then people started saying, oh, you, your three shoves are amazing. And for a while it was all I was really known for and it really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> The important question there is, uh, do you have your finger on the board the whole time or uh, is your are your fingers away from the board when you do the shove? Uh, the, the, front, the front finger is, is always on the board, yeah. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. 
because there are people who do them quite well without any uh, fingers touching like uh, Manu Oberle uh, has done some really nice shavits without touching the board at all and I never understood how you get that control without having the finger there yeah that's a good point actually I have tried to do it before but the having the finger touching just seems much more comfortable and I feel like I can yeah. control it into grinds a lot better um, yeah, same for me. Like free shove nose grind is one of the easiest tricks for me because it's like right there. Like the front finger is always already on on the front of the board, and you just have to press it down to land in a nose grind. Like exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brings me to my next question: What's your favorite trick on an obstacle? For me, it's free shove nose grind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to have to break the mold, Yana. Yeah, damn. I'm going to go for a nolly flip back crook. It just feels. Good. Yeah, but it, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, I think it depends on the obstacle. Like on on so like a high obstacle it is it is mm -hmm. quite difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, the higher it gets, the more difficult it definitely gets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what's your favorite song right now? Ooh. So there's about five songs buzzing around my head right now. Um, yeah, just mention them all if you want to. Ooh. I'm probably going to get them all wrong now. <laughs> if I um, Well, first one I'd say Bo Diddley. Um, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, so a classic um R and B number. Um, the next one would be the arcs. Um, put a flower in your pocket. So the arcs are um a side project of. Uh, oh God, what's what's in now? I remember that Dan Albach. Um. Yeah, I, I'm big into like my, my blues stuff at the moment. Um, those are the two songs really for me that that I'm, I'm keen on. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't heard of either, which is like a running theme in this uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I interview myself, I don't know the songs. <laughs> um. I do prefer outdoor or indoor fingerboarding. Indoor fingerboarding, definitely. What's your favorite obstacle? Ooh. See, I like obstacles for different reasons. That because I think of obstacles in, in in two sort of manners. One is sort of like a utility thing, say like a, a quarter pipe and things like that, where it adds a lot to a spot. And then mm. there's sort of like the centerpiece obstacle. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, like creating a playground for yourself with like something on the left, something on the right, and then something you can change in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I go for something like uh, the, the quarter low or pocket quarter, sorry. Um, mm. So like that for the utility one. And mm. then the um, the main event would be. I've got this um, like brick obstacle. Like the, I don't want to say the name. Mm -hmm. but it's quite rude. The f off brick obstacle <laughs> yeah, that I've got. I got this from Greg Herman. Um, like we we met up in um, at Battle of the Harricks 
and he came back into to Manchester and he gave it me as a gift. Um, so yeah, cheers, Greg, if you listen to this. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, do you prefer concrete, wood, or granite? Or granite? I never know how to say that in English because it, in German it's granite and it feels weird to say granite, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the problem with me, I'm very mank, so I'd say granite, but I'm sure that the Queen's English would be granite. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry, maybe it's just saying granite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, granite. Um, so, do you, sorry, do you mean to roll on or do you mean to grind on? Uh, whichever you prefer. Like, yeah, what's your favorite surface, let's say? Um, Probably concrete. Just yeah, I, I guess with oaks, it just there's something about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think I come back to the skateboarding feel again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, on on concrete, oaks are definitely something I like way more than on wood. Like on wood, it's just too grippy for me. But on anything less grippy than wood, I'm I I can also write uh, oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Because the surface makes a big difference with pretty much any wheel. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, do you like Nolly Switch regular fakey the most? Ooh. Recently, Nolly. Um, I just find myself getting into grinds quite well with Nolly. Um, yeah, same for me. Like, not a flip nose grind, like, not flip 5 are things I can do, like, while working, like, not even thinking about yeah yeah i i guess um i guess with that direction right to left if you're right-handed mm -hmm. it just feels like it floats into it a little bit better. yeah absolutely um do you have hobbies outside of fingerboarding yes um <laughs> i know i'm gonna miss off a few <laughs> um, well what i'm looking at right now is my guitar i've always been into my guitar um uh photography too um i collect uh vinyls somewhat uh ooh. yeah i'm probably missing out on quite a few bits there but those are the main Co things. collecting vinyls can get very expensive i heard yes it bloody well can um, <laughs> i mean i'm i'm quite restrictive on, on the kind of thing i get so if it if it's a band I like, yeah, I'll happily get a coloured vinyl or whatever on release. But then anything else like reissues, I, I sort of cast aside up until record store day. So mm -hmm. uh, do you know what record store day is? Not really, no. So um, I, I think it's in the UK and America. It, I'm sure it'll be in parts of mainland Europe as well. But um, to sort of drive people into going to record shops, they do a load of rare releases. So it might be a reissue of, say, like the Beatles on a certain coloured vinyl. It might be a rare recording of an artist, a B-side mm -hmm. that hasn't been released before, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Ah, cool. And you'll get people queuing up overnight. So I'm one of the people that queues up overnight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely have seen that because I used to work uh, in a parallel street to the other Berlin shop and right next to where I worked uh, is a big uh, store. You Maybe you've already been there if you... I ordered. I think I know who you're going to say. They're two streets away from Asia, aren't they? 
Yeah, it's uh, HVV or HVV. Yes, yeah, yeah. I ordered yeah. from them um, at the start of the pandemic. Um, but oh, cool. they up my order. <laughs> I, I was meant to order something else. Luckily, they yeah. gave me a refund. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned it to Timo, like, oh, have you been in that shop yet? Yeah, because um, yeah, I, like, I, I literally, uh, like, there's like, I think there's one building next to that. And then there's like a, like a, street that leads to a parking lot and in that parking lot uh my uh my company was based but we moved since then which was a bummer for me because after work i would always just go to the Etsy shop yeah yeah because it was like i I think it's even just one street yeah i think it's just uh the exact parallel street and yeah It, it was nice to just walk like five minutes after work and go there yeah, I mean, next time I'm going to Halloween, I'm hundred percent going in there. Probably spending the entire day there as well. <laughs> yeah, because it's one of those shops where I always know that people who like records know that store. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one is uh, usually a tough one. Uh, what's your favorite fingerboard video? Ooh. Like it's either very tough or very easy. Yeah. Like some it, people just say pissing fingers and yeah. Well, pissing fingers too. Like that for I think a lot of people in the forums like round about my era would that was the video. Like somebody put yeah. it on Google videos and like that was the whole reason a lot of people watched it. Um, okay. I, yeah. I didn't didn't know that. I also didn't know Google videos. Like I uh, I had the VHS from Pissing Fingers one and the DVD for Pissing Fingers two. No way, VHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like because it was like right around the time, like right before DVD was like becoming really established in in Germany. Like back then, people had DVD players, but they were still really expensive. And I think uh, it could be that you even could get Pissing Fingers 1 as a DVD as well. But I definitely had it as a VHS and used to watch it all the time. Oh, and, yeah. And then Pissing Fingers 2 uh, as a DVD. Yeah, Pissing Fingers 2 is brilliant. I mean, that's, that's why I mentioned why I'm watching it every day. Oh, God, yeah, Pissing Fingers 2. It's just, like, incredible. Because for me, like, events just weren't a thing in England. Mm-hmm. they weren't a thing up until about 2010 um, so to see things like that on a large scale it just yeah. felt like god it, it felt like another world almost and um, yeah I mean that that's why yeah. I wanted to push myself to get myself to Fast Fingers because mm-hmm. of Pissing Fingers too. it was an incredible video um, yeah if you could get one Black River Park, which one would, would it be? And you can just describe how it how it is, because none of us really know the numerals to all the parks. Yeah, I'm I'm useless for the numerals, <laughs> which is really bad considering I'm on the team. <laughs> I, like I keep thinking of messaging uh, Martin or Denise if they could give me like uh, like a overview with uh, like a small image of every park and the numerals like that would be really handy yeah actually that would make a good sort of archive on the website or something yeah or uh, just a poster 
like just a poster with, with all the different parks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, the one I've always enjoyed, and I think it's the same for a lot of people, really, is the one with the waves. Yeah. So the G8? Yeah, it's the, that, that one's the G8. That's one of the few ones that I know. Yeah, um, I've always enjoyed using that. And the other one, I think, is a plaza. Um, you've got it at the Aussie store. Or you uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's even the G8 plaza. I think... Uh, it's the one with the banks, a lot of banks. In the yeah, 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 yeah. With the banks and then like on uh, on like a stair set on the one side with a rail on one of the banks. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the G8 Plaza, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, G8 Plaza then. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really enjoy the G8, but the thing I like the least about the G8 is the wobbles or the the humps really yeah, oh, yeah. Like, if, if if i had a g8 for myself like i would probably also get a g8 if i could get any park but i would rip them out and replace them with something useful for me <laughs> <laughs> and probably sell them to someone who likes that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's been a version without the waves like maybe a box to replace um I I think at the Steig they have uh, one, but I think that one was just a prototype, but I'm not sure. But I think at the Steig they have one without uh, the wave, uh, but I could be mistaken. They definitely have a version at the, at the Steig that wasn't the final one. That might be the one I'm thinking of, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I've, I've only been to the Steig once and... That, that was at Fast Fingers 20, so there were a lot of things happening and a lot of people to see, and yeah. Yeah. Um, do you prefer uh, to have a flat ground with an obstacle or a park? Um, well, my only option is flat ground with an obstacle. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I love to use a park whenever I have the chance. It feels like a, an event for me. Mm. Uh, heel flip or kick flip? Kick flip. Who's your favorite fingerboarder? And you can name a few ones if you like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, all time it has to be Elias. I think he's just solid. He, ha he has been solid. Yeah. Starting. Um, he has been solid when he wasn't really like tall enough to reach the full park. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, other than them, I'd say Eddie Sharples, like just incredible, incredible thing loader. Um, good mate of mine as well. And then um, Nick Herzog, mm? incredible, like just the, the first style like in fingerboarding. I think I I was about to say the same. He was the first one that like started riding with like uh, like tucked uh, ring finger and small finger and like. Uh, really like aimed from above and not like flat on on the table and he was like one of the first who really had a style going and had like a distinctive style going yeah exactly and me watching that as a teenager it was just like oh, i don't have to do crazy flips you know and yeah. doing stuff like that it could just be the most beautiful kickflip nose grind and yeah. that, that's all all you need that's all you need in life <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah but, but yeah i mean the other thing about us would be like jay linehan um eric smith um martin Ilsley. yeah i, I could go on all day with favorite thing was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think cho- choosing a favorite one if you have been around for so long is almost impossible. And at that point, you pretty much have to go with the all-time greats like Martin Winkler uh, or uh, Elias Asmut. Like, yeah. yeah, at some point, those become your only options. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your first event? Um. Uh, UK rendezvous number one. Um, so when was that roughly? I think it was 2010. Um, so it was the first sort of big uh, UK event, um, obviously named after the American counterpart. Uh, but yeah, Sam Jamil, who I uh, mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, he ran that uh, just by himself in his school hall. And um, I, th- I think it got about 20 or 30 people. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, yeah. That, that was a third one. The The first one was about 10 or 15 people. Well, yeah, for, for a first event of pretty much anything, that sounds about right. Yeah, it, it was just, um, well, the UK coming together for the first time. It just mm-hmm. felt really, yeah, pivotal, really. And and when was your first time going uh, going to Germany, like to Fast Fingers, probably? That would have been 2011, so Fast Fingers 14. Uh, could, could be. So my last one was uh, number 10 in 2007. So, yeah, don't want to count right now, but sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, like, how was it for you going to Fast Fingers? Was it, like super overwhelming seeing all the parts and all the people and all because i remember for me like when i went the first time to uh, uh like the first big contest i was at was the uh german championship in 2004 and there were like four different black river parks there and like martin winkler was commentating and like i would see the castle of crew uh, over here and Bovestici over there and like all the people I only knew from Pissing Fingers and from the forums and was quite surreal for me. And I didn't really talk to that many people because I was so overwhelmed by everything. Yeah, it was similar for me. I mean, I already knew kind of what to expect from the events because Battery used to put like a highlights reel on YouTube. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a pain in the ass getting there anyway, like because you know you had to fly into Munich, get the bus to the train station, wherever. Yeah, like six hour train journey up there, then another to Schwarzenbach, and then oh god, I'm finally it. Um, but as soon as we as soon as we got to Schwarzenbach, um, Manu Oberle like put a camera in front of my face and said, "Oh, let's have a grip skin interview." So I hadn't been there for two seconds and I'm already doing an interview. <laughs> I'm quite an anxious person anyway. So I was like, oh, what the hell? Um, but bloody hell, the actual event, God, it was it was really, really good. I I absolutely loved it. I cannot remember a single second from my run because, like I said, I'm super anxious. I just black out. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm also super anxious when it comes to runs. Like I, yeah, I never do good at events. Like I did good at a couple events, but it even was like there was no one there, or I was super drunk. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I have to be comfortable. Like, yeah, there's there's something about events that I I just get way too nervous with. Um, yeah, for me, like, what made the trip just incredible was going to like one seedle and like just chilling out at the stag afterwards. Like, that was the event for me. Like, that those yeah. memories anyway. Yeah, I mean, hanging out is like the most important part of uh, those big events like because i feel like uh, the german events are so much more focused around the contest uh, uh like uh, in opposite to uh, let's say the rendezvous in uh, in the us which doesn't have a contest or isn't based around the contest and a lot of people think the contest is the event but it's more like it's a thing that's happening and the actual event is just hanging out there like a couple of days and meeting people from all over the world. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um in a way you could think of it as like a festival. Um, yeah. So like yeah. it's it's all about the, the following days even beforehand. Like yeah. I mean, did you have um like the Fast Fingers uh pre party the night before? Did you go to that? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, it's like it, even things like yeah. that. You know, there's a band playing. There's something on the screen. People skating. Yeah, it's like it's just little yeah. bits like that. That you know, I love. yeah, yeah. Back back then, it was like in a in a like old supermarket, and they started building like DIY skate spots in the back, and it was just like, and it was the same uh, spot where people slept, and it was like people sleeping there, people skating there. People playing music here, people fingerboarding there, and it was like a whole thing. And yeah, it was super dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's get back to the rapid fire because uh, <laughs> I derailed it a bit, but yeah, as That's usual, good. I don't mind. <laughs> um, what's your favorite food? Ooh. Oh, God. Um... Oh, I, you know what? I don't, I don't really have a favorite food. Um, if you put it in front of me, I'll probably eat it. <laughs> um, yeah, Do you have a least favorite food? Probably, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm not keen on mushrooms. Like mushrooms okay. or anything like oh, blue cheese. I hate anything too cheesy. Oh, drives me sick. I I love cheese in pretty much any form. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite picky about um, cheese. I, I don't mind it heated on, say, like pizza, or but mm. I can't stand anything cold like cheese. Like, I mean, I mean blue cheese cold is also not for me, but any other cheese, any other cheese that isn't goat cheese, I eat, I could eat every day. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite skateboarder? Yes. Um, Ishod, uh, Ishod where? I don't know how to pronounce his, his name. Um, he's on uh, real skateboards. Um, mm. Yeah, he's uh, he's another like style merchant, just incredible. Um, and then probably somebody like Jeff Rowley, um, just you know classic, 
yeah <laughs> he, he he's also like similar to uh uh to fingerboarding uh with uh Elias Asmut Jeff Rowley is also someone you can't go wrong with like yeah exactly yeah. and him being british as well is is a yeah. bonus for me. <laughs> Um, do you like loose or tight trucks? Um, see, the, the last event I went to, I thought I had real loose trucks, and then somebody else tried myself, and they're like, That is tight. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I mean, I seem to ride tight trucks, I wouldn't say so though, so I guess we'll go medium. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a, a running joke that I uh, I try to establish here that pretty much anyone says medium because to I think to all of us whatever we ride usually feels very normal. Yeah, and uh, as long as it's not like so tight that you can't turn or it's so loose that it makes noise like it rattles when you shake it. Yeah, <laughs> like. Most people say any everything between is medium, but yeah. I mean, I, where we come from with the tech decks and things like yeah. I mean, I, I I would super glue them together because uh, like the the nut was always going coming loose. Like at at that time, people were uh, people would bring like two setups to a run. Like I always had uh, a second setup in uh, like in my hoodie or in in my pants. So when uh, when in a run a wheel would come off or a truck would fall apart, I could just switch out and continue to run because it would happen all the time. Yeah. Lock nuts weren't the thing. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I remember that. Yes. You spend about an hour trying to find the lost wheel nut as well on the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah would, I would always bring a stash of nuts because uh, yeah, you would always end up losing some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um what was your last personal nbd so the last trick you did you were really proud of or you haven't done before um a backside crooked noy frontside heel out um Ugh. i haven't so i haven't um landed it for quite a while actually um i've forgotten how to do it but i remember getting the technique down just right um, yeah but yeah, I remember on the night I was thinking, Jesus, I wish I could do that on camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those tricks that's, uh, that like put all my hairs up in in the back of my neck when I try to think of how to do it. It's like, ah, no, I don't want to. Like, it's so counterintuitive, like against every motion I usually do. Yeah, I mean, generally, no inward heels and no front side heels that I don't touch them with a barge pole. But yeah, like I, like, I maybe landed like two, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ever. Like, I, I can't do them at all. Like, I'm, I think I'm slowly getting there, but I'm still ways away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I won't be landing them again anytime soon. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, uh, what's your most hated trick in a game of skate? All of them. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that good at game skate. Um, I I love playing game skate. Like it's what we do at the shop. Like to hang out. Like yeah, it's yeah. just what we do. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'd go for nollie inward or a switch inward, something like that. Uh, um, 
Do you have one setup or multiple setups? Um, I I have multiple setups, but I only really favor one at the moment. Okay. I mean, I, I also always have like one main setup, but I always have so many setups. And, and even with my main setup, like I have so many variations of that setup, like same mold, same shape, but different trucks, different wheel, uh, different wheels, yeah, different yeah. tape. Exactly. I mean, I'd like a, a second setup of my main just to use it outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's the way I, I want to do one one inside, one outside, maybe one for transition. I don't know. Yeah, I tried doing that, and I I always choose whatever I I want to in that moment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have so many setups; it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you prefer plastic or urethane wheels? <laughs> urethane. <laughs> yeah, that that one I saw coming. Um, <laughs> What's your favorite beverage? Um, ooh, I guess uh, you know what? I always love drinking Augustina when when I'm in Germany. Oh, um, yeah. it's well over here. It's ridiculously priced. I mean, it, it's um, I think it costs about five or six times as much as it does in Germany. Yeah, like I lived in uh, in Finland for a while. Uh, and they have like ridiculous alcohol prices, and I saw uh, like I think it was Paulana, so also one of the Bavarian beers that you usually get in like all over Germany, similar to Augustina. And that one, like one small bottle, because you have the O5 and the O3 bottles, and the O3 bottle was like six euros or something in the shop, like, and and here it's like a euro, like. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I always think about that when I'm handing over seven quid for a bottle over here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I'm non-alcoholic, I'm you know, just water or maybe coffee, um, something. Mm. Like that. Uh, cats or dogs? I'm more of a dog person. Yeah, I, I sadly grew to be allergic to either, but. Yeah, I'm I'm a cat person. Yeah, I, I wasn't allergic to cats up until, uh, I mean, I must have grown up in, into the allergy. Um, but my grandmother had cats. I was never bothered by them when I was yeah. a kid. But... I, I had a cat, uh, like, I, like growing up, I we always had cats. Like, my cat uh, got to be 19 years old, and we uh, and she was born in my brother's bed, and we had her mother. So... We had cats for like oh, wow. twenty four years plus, and when when like I always say, my cat, when she was like seventeen or something, I, uh, I started going to university and she was living with my mom. And every time I got back, I thought I was getting sick because I was always like having the sniffles and yeah. had like a small headache. And eventually, I realized, oh no, shit, I'm just allergic to cats now after living with cats for like almost 20 years oh, <laughs> at that point that's, that's yeah. unfortunate that's really unfortunate. yeah and and now i'm i'm really allergic to cats like i like depending on the cat some are fine some i can't be in the same room with yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, the next question would be uh, who your sponsors are, but I think we uh, established that. Uh, yeah, already. yeah. And, yeah, and and the next one also, because the next one would be thirty-two or thirty-four. And... Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thirty-two. Four, thirty-four <laughs> trucks. Quite like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's weird. That that's something I I don't think I have heard before. So it seems. I think it, it really depends on the wheel. So standard flat river wheels or flat face or whoever, the yeah. bearing is more towards, um, mm. towards the axle. So you get yeah. a lot of the wheel pushed out. Whereas with oaks, they're it's almost. Uh, are, are they exactly in the center? Um, I think on some models they are. Um, I've, but they are more central anyway, so they tend yeah. to work better on wider trucks with a with a narrow deck. At least in my experience. Okay. Okay, that's something I I never tried before because I have tried thirty two on thirty four, uh, like thirty two trucks on thirty four decks, but not the other way around. Yeah, it does stick out slightly from the edge of the deck, mm -hmm. but it's not so much that um, it's it's an issue. Um, yeah. It feels right, uh, or yeah. when, when you get a pinch in the grind because of the thin yeah. deck, you really push into it. It's, it it does feel yeah. good. Yeah, and that, that's the most important thing. Um, do you have a dream sponsor? Uh, oh, I've got my dream sponsors as far as I'm concerned. But um, I guess like whenever you know I've been sponsored, it always has to be a company I feel passionate about. Yeah, the same for me. Like I couldn't ride for any other deck company other than Five Luck because it's the one thing I've been riding for the past like three years plus. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that that's how it should be. I mean, you know, yeah. we've all been beginners and we're like, oh, I, I want a sponsorship. But really, yeah. it's about taking the time, figuring out what you want, and if they sponsor you, brilliant. You know, that's about yeah. And if not, like. It's not like in skateboarding where you go through decks like every week, like, like even like I go through decks quite fast compared to others and uh, people uh, who are locals at the shop as well. Because I think we ride a lot more and a lot like harder than a lot of people do in the regular. Because yeah, we can ride with people usually every day we want, and. For us, like for most of us, it's like one year lasts, uh, one deck lasts usually half a year. And that's like really fast. And even then it's like, what, like 35 euros in half a year? Like yeah. it, that's reasonable. Of course, it's it's a lot if you think of, oh, the whole setup costs like 130 euros. But like if you just need to upgrade from time to time or replace something it's usually like very like it's not as bad as in other hobbies where uh it gets really expensive quite a lot like it finger boarding is usually only expensive because people want more than they actually need like yeah. i have so many decks like and so many setups i don't need them but i like to have them yeah exactly <laughs> I, i guess there's always like the The collectability aspect of things, yeah. um, and the need to have it kind of thing, um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, like just a couple of days ago, when uh, we recorded this, uh, the other Berlin shop announced the 
Flint uh, collabo. Oh, yeah. And I was like, should I need to, should I write an email uh, for them and <laughs> try to get one? But I was like, nah, it, I don't really need it. And yeah, let, let's let let someone else have the option to yeah, get that. Yeah, exactly, them. exactly. I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I've been through the same notions. Where, um, I see that, I'm like, oh my God, that is such a nice graphic. I'm, yeah, and it's like one of three, and oh, it would be so cool to own that, but yeah, I don't really need that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when it comes to limited stuff, in, in my eyes now, I want to know that I'm going to use it. Am I going to get the most yeah, out of it? If I'm not same. going to get the most out of it, I want somebody else to get the most out of it. Same. And because, uh, like I mentioned this in other, uh, in other uh, episodes before, I, I come from uh, playing Magic the Gathering basically all my life, which is like a huge collective card game. Uh, uh, col- collect- whatever the word is. Uh, yeah, but uh, you collect those and... Yeah. <laughs> they get super expensive and a huge part uh, of the scene is just people buying and selling. Like I've known so many people who made that their job and that also increases prices all the time. And some people just buy cards to eventually flip them again. Yeah. And like it, it always pissed me off in magic because it sometimes prices up uh, cards like artificially. Like there, there's been a famous example where a pri- uh, like a card that uh, has been out of print for like 20 years shot up overnight uh, like uh, $250. Like it went from around 300 like 250 to $300 to around 500 to $600 overnight. Oh my God. And, and all of that was because one guy, like it, the, that card was so old and so rare that to control the whole market, you you only needed to buy like like thirty copies or sixty copies, was like a couple of thousand dollars, and then he hiked up the price overnight. He controlled like around seventy percent of the market, so everyone else followed, and that's why a card doubled in price overnight without any increase in demand. Yeah. And and those uh, and I mean those things happen in much larger scales uh, in on Wall Street and stuff every day. But having that in Magic always made things just unobtainable for me and sucking the fun out of, uh, out of it sometimes. And that's why I always hated uh, that thing in fingerboarding because, yeah, it's, it's something I just don't want in fingerboarding. And, like, uh, I recently traded a Preet and... I only traded the pre to someone who I know he's going to use it and he's not going to just put it online for triple what he traded me, yeah. uh, which was already more than what I bought it from because Peter usually sells them for like 20 bucks to people. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it happens in anything that. I mean, yeah. one hobby I used to have was um, collecting Adidas trainers. And like they would mm. be like rare models, they would be yeah. up like mad money. And, and vinyls, like yeah, 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 exactly. Like queuing up um, at daft hours, like to get it yeah. at nine it's, it's stupid, really. Like, yeah, and, and I also know people uh, like 
with like uh, sneakers or uh, vinyls who just queue to flip them like the next day online for yeah. like triple the price or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. What you say, it's that, fun out of it when you want to get something because of its rarity, yeah. because you're you, you like the story of whatever, yeah. and you stay up till midnight to get it. Maybe get it, maybe not. It's, yeah, actually, it's and even even if you get it, like yeah. uh, to to own something, like if I want if I want to buy something because I want to use it, and then it like triples in price. There's a point where it doesn't make sense for me to to use it anymore, yeah. and to be like, oh no, maybe it's just better if I would would just sell it, even though I didn't buy it for that purpose. But if it's like walking around with with like sneakers that eventually become like twenty thousand euros or whatever, like at some point it just doesn't make sense anymore. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, writing a deck uh, that I know I could sell for like a couple hundred euros, like that's just something I don't, I don't want to think about. And that's why, why I try to not think of my setups as monetary value. It's more like I have setups that I amassed over the years. And as long as I have disposable income, that's fine for me. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's it's a tool at the end of the day. Well, it's yeah. <laughs> a toy, but like, it's, tool, yeah. <laughs> it's how how we use it. It's just a tool. Yeah. You can change all the different components. Um, yeah, and you know that that's all it is. It's just a, a plank of wood, some metal, and some wheels. You know, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favorite Instagram follow? So um, the account you like seeing content of the most. I always like uh, Eddie's stuff, Eddie the Llama, uh, Eddie Sharples. Um, he's always putting out amazing, amazing stuff. Um, other than that, there's a quite a young um, UK guy. I don't know his surname. He's called James. Um, sorry, I'm just going on my phone to check his um, his Instagram handle. Um, his Instagram handle is stoompy.fb. I don't think I know that one. Um, so he's sponsored by somebody called Double Joint, which uh, do decks and whisk rails, which is a UK rail company. Um, but he's only been fingerboarding for about two years or so, and he's amazing. Like he's doing, like, Noe 360 would heel, frontside board slide, whatever out. It's like... That is next level. You haven't been thinking about it in two years, mate. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, I like for me, it's sometimes hard to say how long I've been fingerboarding because I started in two thousand one, but been away for nine years. So, and in those nine years, I still had fingerboards at my desk. Like, yeah. I wasn't riding as much as before, but like once in a while, I would do a kickflip. So yeah, like seeing people who are so much like so far beyond my skill level is sometimes discouraging but sometimes it's just rad to see and i think that's the that's the thing we need to remember like if you see someone doing like some cool shit don't try to think of it as oh i can never do that yeah try to think of it as hey that's some cool shit yeah yeah exactly i mean i'm thinking as well for the future of fingerboarding to have somebody like that coming in mm -hmm. fingerboarding is going to be just fine 
<laughs> yeah, I think so as well. And and I mean, with all the uh, with all the staying at home stuff, like uh, fingerboarding definitely had a bump in uh, in the whole COVID times. And let's see if like in the future, like in a couple of years, we have like a whole generation of COVID fingerboarders who started when they could go out anymore and stuck with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we'll see a lot more events when restrictions start relaxing. Yeah, yeah, I can't, can't wait. Sustainable, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the very last question, uh, what's your favorite overall company? Ooh. I've, I always like companies that um, sort of either have a mantra um, or they do something for the scene. Um, so, yeah, like I, I guess I like a clear purpose for a brand. So mm. if I'm talking about my sponsors, like Black River, their purpose is to you know push events, get fingerboarding as close to skateboarding as possible. And, and make, uh, like, uh, the thing I always uh, thought of Black River, they made fingerboarding uh, professional. Yeah, like, yeah. They, like, the way they handle business is much more close to an actual business rather than someone doing it in their basement. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and that's the, the level of, and with that level level of professionality come, like, a whole different set of opportunities and yeah exactly it legitimizes what we're doing and it's yeah, the reason absolutely. why brands are um, interested in Black river yeah i mean it's absolutely all throughout their history you know stabilo has yeah. been interested canon red bull and yeah, like got girl skateboards I, i've been i've been to uh to a few uh stabilo uh, sessions back in the day uh there have been uh, Black River parks that were plastered in Nokia stickers. Yeah. There were like infamous Red Bull uh, parks. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, like, like they they reached out to uh, to a big German TV show back in the day uh, called Galileo, which uh, does like a how it's made thing for for like like deep fried pizza, like uh, for like uh, deep frozen pizza and stuff like that. And they also did an episode about uh, the Fast Fingers. I think it was number eight or number nine, and about Elias Asmut and Black River. And yeah, that was like a huge thing that uh, where people who never had heard anything about fingerboarding before got to learn about fingerboarding. And that's all just because of Black River, because they kept going to trade shows, kept reaching out to other brands to skate brands and sponsoring skateboarders and yeah 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 exactly and then sorry if i come back to the the um other last so like oak um like that's on a much lower scale but yeah they, they had a clear like vision it was about the urethane and they led with the tagline yeah. mucho feeling then all yeah. of a sudden yeah god i get mucho feeling i understand it. yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I like brands that um, that have a clear purpose. Yeah, I, I mean, one of my favorite hats that I wear is a is an oak hat because yeah, I think I think oak as a brand is such a cool brand, and it like 
it sometimes even hurts my heart that I don't like Oakwiz anymore because <laughs> I want to support Ricardo because he's such a cool guy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait to get back to uh, uh, to Porto uh, for the next uh, Pateo. You know what? I've not been to the Pateo. Ah, yeah, I've not been. Yet. But have you been to Porto like no. outside of Pateo? No, oh. no, not not been to Portugal at all. Um, so I need to. Uh, I need to. You really, I mean, you really need to, because for me it was my favorite event ever. Because because it felt like events back in the day. It was like kind of small, but everyone who's there was like someone who's really passionate about fingerboarding. Like at some of the bigger events, you get people who uh, like just stumble across it and don't want to take away anything from them. But if you have like people who have been in the scene for a number of years and have them all in the same room, it's just a, a different feeling and a much more intimate feeling. Yeah, I, I always um, thought of Pateo in the same manner as one seed after after Fast Fingers. Mm. Like, it, that's the core scene. Like, you know, yeah. they all know each other, they all talk to each other, blah, 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 blah. And I always felt that was the kind of vibe I got from Pateo. Um, yeah. I mean, we both know how Ricardo is. He's such a, a yeah. relaxed, chilled out yeah. look. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, events his events are going to follow that as well. Yeah, he's he's such a nice. Like, I think it's hard to to convey like how nice he is. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a uh, that's a perfect place to end. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for uh, for doing this with me. Yeah, no problem. And, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Yana. Yeah. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and you'll catch me in the next episode. Bye.